<laughs> hello, hello, and hello. Welcome to the Movie Bugle Podcast. Come on in, come on in. Thank you all for joining yet another episode of the Movie Bugle Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am so excited that you guys have all decided to tune in and listen to me talk about movies. <laughs> So as always, please be sure to check out my Instagram page at the movie bugle. I usually post, you know, any type of news related to movies or anything that I'm watching or, you know, reviews or anything like that on there. And that's a place where we all can connect with each other. You guys can send me questions. I want to start doing like some Q&A episodes where people send me questions and I answer them. It could be about my opinion about different things. Have I watched anything, you know, anything like that. So be sure to follow me on my Instagram page. I want to definitely grow that page and on there. I mean, if you're already listening to the episode, you know, you probably have it saved. But if you want to share this episode with anyone else, there's a link on that page um, right there in the bio where you can find all the different ways to listen to the Movie Bugle podcast right now is only on. I want to say Spotify. Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, even though Google Podcasts, for whatever reason, is about a week late on all the episodes. I'm trying to upload it to some more platforms in the coming months. But, you know, right now, you you know, you can share it on there. And then uh, one cool feature I just added on there because I had a few people reach out to me and say, how can we, you know, support the channel? So there is a link on there. in the link well there's a link in the link but there's a link in there where you can actually support the channel now um any donations made as you know is used to continue this channel you know any cost or anything like that you know not necessary at this point you know i i love doing this i love talking about movies but i always wanted to leave an avenue if you would like to support you know just click the link in my bio for in my Instagram page and uh, you'll be able to see how you can donate. So what has everyone been watching? What has everyone been getting into? Um, You know, there's always a lot of stuff on TV. Well, in the streaming, you know, right now it's, it's, I guess uh, there's more things on the streaming platforms than actual network television, but you know, movie theaters are starting to open back up so you can actually go and watch movies in a theater if you feel comfortable doing that i know we are still in this whole parentheses <laughs> in the world right now um but as more people get vaccinated and as more people you know just continue doing what we all supposed to do so this you know this phase in our lives can end you know things are opening up slowly so like i said in my last episode i had the opportunity to go see godzilla versus kong in the theaters uh and it was great there's a couple of other movies coming up that I want to go see in theaters as well. And I'm super excited about that. But what has everyone else been watching? In case you haven't, you know, uh, recognized it yet from the title of this video or well, this podcast, um, I wanted to talk about representation. You know, representation matters. I wanted to do an episode on how representation matters. We live in a world right now where we all are screaming Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. But why is that? Of course, all lives matter. But the reason why so many of us are saying these things like Black Lives Matter is because there's a large group of people out there who believe that the lives that don't look like them have no meaning. When it relates to movies and cinema, how we see ourselves on screen can help shape our very lives and life experiences and expectations. You know, movies is a form of art. 
is an expression that tells stories from different points of view. Some of these stories can be fictional and fairy tales and things that take our minds off of the current reality that we live in. And it's an escape for all of us, you know, our wildest dreams and our admirations. Other movies can be based on real life situations, whether it's from a first point, uh, first point of view or a parody of a life that we live in. But you know, all movies is art. It's a form of art and it's the responsibility of the person who's at play, you know, the directors and the producers and stuff to tell it as authentic as they can. You know, I I tell you guys all the time that I love different types of movies. You know, I love horror movies. I love action movies. I love the superhero movies. I love the dramas. I love the suspense. Um, but one thing I also love, you know, is, you know, the real life tales of stories as ugly as they can be, as raw as they can be. Um, but I like movies that I can connect to. I like TV shows that, you know, I can see myself in. So I wanted to talk a little bit on this episode about, you know, some properties that have made a really big impact on me in various different ways. Um, cause you know, representation does matter. And I can only speak from my point of view, you know, as a black man, you know, I can only speak from my point of view, um, with these relations, um, with these situations, but a lot of us, you know, whether you're black, brown, if you're, you know, mixed with di many different races, if you're from a different part of the globe, you know, you want to see yourself represented, you know, in in many different ways. You want to be able to look up and say, yeah, that person looks like me. I can aspire to be like that person. I want to be the best person that I can be for myself. You know what I mean? And I, I, you know, it makes you feel proud when you can see yourself on the screen. So like, for example, Black Panther. You know, Black Panther came out in 2018 and it was such a cultural phenomenon because I know for me, um, you know, we've we had black superheroes on the screen before. You know, we've had, you know, Blade and, you know, I want to say like Spawn. You know, we've, we've had like black superheroes in, you know, in a major scale, but not like Black Panther. You know, Black Panther first showed up in Captain America Civil War in 2016 and when he first when that character first showed up it was different it felt different you know the his his uh his uh team around him felt different and i think just because of the seriousness of that movie it was like okay you know this this is a different character and if you knew the character from the comics you knew what was to come and they had already announced the black panther movie so when we started seeing trailers for the black panther you know, uh, many of us got excited because we're like, yes, we're finally getting, you know, uh, a black superhero movie, an, an African superhero movie. You know, we want it to be done right. And, you know, the director, Ryan Coogler, he's one of my favorite directors out there right now. He tells stories so authentically. Um, he actually told like his very first uh, movie on a major scale was Fruitvale Station, um, you know, which if you haven't seen that movie, it's 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 such a tragic, tragic story. But, it, you know, it tells a story for so many, you know, you know, black men or, you know, black people who are at the mercy of the police today. Um, it's based on a true story that happened up in, you know, Northern California. But that was, you know, that was Ryan Coogler's very first movie that he directed with Michael B. Jordan. Um, his second project was Creed. And, you know, even though that's in a, in a world, you know, with Rocky Balboa, you know, he sort of grounded it and, you know, made it, you know, such a real story that still a lot of us can relate to, you know, I don't box at all, but you know, I was watching that movie excited 
I was watching it, you know, with energy, with heart, and it was such a phenomenal movie. So when they said that he's going to be directing Black Panther, I was so excited. But why does Black Panther, you know, why does that representation matter? You know, why, why am I bringing, you know, Black Panther up first? You know, we've, we have so many superhero movies, you know, with, you know, an all white cast or, you know, you know, just different people that don't look like me and to see, you know, an all black cast and beautiful, you know, the women of that movie was so gorgeous, you know, strong, fearless, you know, they were actually the guardians of the entire, you know, nation of Wakanda. You know, they put the women in charge and it just shows the parallels of how black women are the backbones of the black community in you know, our society, you know, they, they carry a lot of the load, you know, for us and they keep our, you know, they keep our people going, you know, for generations and generations has always been that way. You know, we, we, we lean on, you know, the black women. So I think that parallel to that was just amazing, but to see to see a, a, a black king, you know, being represented like that in such a beautiful way. The story was amazing. The movie was amazing. You know, I'm so happy that they gave Ryan Coogler, you know, the opportunity to do that. And, you know, he has now since signed on. I think it's like a five year deal he has with Disney and Marvel, you know, to make some, you know, Disney Plus shows surrounding Wakanda. And, you know, he's having to direct Black Panther 2, which you know, all the love and support to him to have to try to figure out this movie without, you know, the, you know, the, the famous Chadwick Boseman, you know, may he rest in peace. But, um, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's, you know, it's crazy that it took so long for us to get a movie like that. So another movie that I can truly connect with in many different ways is Moonlight. And I remember I seen Moonlight in the theaters. You know, if you haven't seen Moonlight, it's basically about, you know, the main character, his name is Chiron. He grew up in the streets of Miami and it shows the three, it shows three, three different phases in his life. One when he's super young, like, like age five or six, or maybe like, you know, maybe not that young. Maybe he's like seven, between seven and 10. And then, um, when he's on, when he's in high school, um, it shows like the struggles he had then, and then it shows him, you know, as an adult. And then the, the premise of this movie is him coming to terms with himself and trying to navigate that in this world. And I, I can relate to that in the sense of, you know, I grew up, you know, in Orlando, you know, trying to come into terms with myself and, you know, being bullied and being picked on. I remember going to middle school and, you know, because I was always in theater and I was always, you know, in chorus, I was in chorus sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Um, you know, I had a lot of kids, you know, who was into like the sports. They look at like this, this black boy and he's not into sports. And so that, you know, they would make fun. I remember like specific instances where, you know, I would get jumped after school or, you know, I would get made fun of in class and my safe haven was, you know, the chorus room, you know, I, I flourished in the chorus room. You know, we had gospel choir, we had ensembles, you know, I was always any, any type of arts I can, you know, distract myself, you know, that's where I was. And I was in all the theater productions, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Um, but Moonlight 
it's such a wonderful movie because, you know, a good friend of mine said that, you know, he loves when you watch, you know, black movies and they show black people and they look so beautiful on screen. And it's like the color palettes that they show uh, black people in, like in blue and purple, that's like sort of like, you know, accentuates our skin. And I know the main color palette of Moonlight is blue. And, it, you know, all the actors in it, it just looks so, so beautiful. Just so beautiful in that movie. And just to see, you know, stories of, you know, my story on screen, you know, many other stories on screen, you know, from like little boys who grew up in the hood, just trying to make it out, just trying to survive, just trying to, you know, get to a better place, just trying to connect, you know, with themselves and drown out all the dramas of the world. You know, Moonlight really spoke to me in so many different levels and is was, was one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a hard watch, you know, but I can put it on every now and then and just, you know, go through it. And, you know, if you haven't seen Moonlight, I definitely recommend. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but, um, you know, I would say buy it just because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But definitely watch it. Um, it's you know, like I said, it's just about, a you know, a, a kid trying to come to terms with himself and, you know, his sexuality and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And you know, deny himself for the longest time. And you can see the inner struggle that he has, you know, even as an adult, you know, he's, he's not real with himself. So I, I love Moonlight, but you know, representation matters, you know, even as far as like groundbreaking stuff, you know, being able to see all different types of people on screen is not always, you know, the, the popular jock or, you know, the popular cheerleader, it's not always like that. You get to see the geeks and, you know, the people that get cast aside. You know, another, it's not a movie, but uh, a TV show that I really connected with on many different levels, you know, it's no longer playing, but Glee. You know, as I just said, like, you know, I was in chorus, I was in theater, and I remember when Glee hit. Actually, I started watching Glee in season two. I, w- I remember it was a, uh, so I don't I don't like football at all, um, but I used to be just just because of the church that I I, uh, I used to sing in back in Orlando. We always had like these big Super Bowl Sundays um, and like Super Bowl parties and stuff like that. So it's a tradition of mine, you know, to always watch the big games. You know, I always watch the Super Bowl, try to have like some type of Super Bowl party and everything like that. But I remember. um I don't know who was playing or not, but, you know, I had, you know, food and stuff like that and, you know, watch the Super Bowl. I also like watching the Super Bowl for the halftime show. So I always tell people that the halftime show is my Super Bowl. And, you know, I love the commercials as always, but halftime halftime show, the, the national anthem, that's my Super Bowl. But um, I was I remember the Super Bowl had went off and I was like putting food away and you know, I was in the house by myself. This is when I was still living in Orlando, obviously. It was, you know, back in, I want to say maybe 2000 and maybe 2011, because that's when season two was on. But, you know, uh, they had a special episode of Glee that had came on right afterwards. And I had heard of Glee, but I didn't really know what it was about. I thought, you know, I thought it was a uh, reality, like a reality show. And I don't, I don't usually watch reality shows. but So it was just playing in the background. And they were singing, oh, what song was it? Was it Thriller? Um, yeah, the, it's, uh, it was, there was, it had already gone through a lot of the episode, but they were doing thriller and I was like, what is on TV? Like what, what's happening? So I 
went and you know sat in front of the tv and watched the rest of the episode and they did like this you know it was a thriller slash heads with roll mashup you know on a football field and i was like this is actually kind of cool um and you know the episode i watched the rest of the episode looked it up real quick and i was like glee okay okay you know this is cool and they said it comes on tuesday night so i was like all right let me watch the next episode so I watched the, the next episode that Tuesday. I forgot what episode it was, um, but I watched the, uh, I guess three or four weeks after that, I watched every single you know episode that came on. And I remember it got to like the break and there was a lot of storylines and I was like, I don't understand you know the storylines, but this show is so good. I need to go back and watch it. And I remember, you know, if you're young listening to this, you may not know, but this is a throwback. I went to Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all remember Blockbuster? Cause uh, ooh, I I think you know there's a documentary about one Blockbuster being left, but this is when Blockbuster was on his last leg. But I went to Blockbuster and got the DVDs, you know, of because this is before streaming. I think Netflix Netflix was around, but Netflix wasn't the the avenue that was as it is right now. Um, I think they were still sending out DVDs in the mail. So this, you couldn't go find this show online. You had to go to Blockbuster or a video where you had to go buy it. So I went to Blockbuster and got the entire season one on DVD. And it was like four different DVDs. And um, it was it was crazy. And I binge, I put the, the DVDs in my laptop and I just, you know, I watched the entire season one and fell in love with this show. And, you know, I know there's a lot of, Post the show, you know, there's, you know, a lot of controversy, you know, sadly we lost, you know, a few members of the principal cast, even as, you know, as late as last year with Naya Rivera, right? May she rest in peace, you know, Santana Lopez from the show. And, um, but you know, it's, it's crazy. Like representation on that show was so, so critical and it meant so much to a lot of people. And I, I fell in love because I was like, God, I wish that I had this opportunity to have gone to a high school that had a Glee Cub that would have allowed me to express myself like the way these kids are able to express themselves. And of course, you know, they they weren't the superstars. You know, they they were bullied every single day. Uh, but I saw myself on screen and it was it was good to see different types of people. You had the cheerleaders, you had the jocks, but you also had the nerds, you know, you had you know, Artie in the wheelchair, you had, the, you know, Mercedes, which who's the best singer, you know, Amber Riley, if you ever listened to this episode, um, you know, you were the best singer only and that's on period. Um, but it's, it's crazy. Like you, you had like these people on this show and I was like, oh my God, like why, why did I watch the show from the beginning? So Glee is, you know, it was, it was a sitcom show, you know, it was a comedy and about like high school kids and they told stories you know you know about high school drama but they would also like sing and stuff like that as well and it was good their music was actually really good and i re it was so cool because when you know they would put out like a little ep of all the songs from the episode that week that same week on itunes and stuff and sometimes like these songs would be number one on itunes you know, some of their songs blow up to be a number one on the Billboard chart. So that's that's crazy. And what's what's so funny is a lot of the music that I know today from artists, I know because of Glee, you know, like I I remember when Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, the movie came out. I knew all the songs in that movie because of Glee, which is so funny. 
I'm like, I know all of Queen's songs because of Glee. They sung Queen's entire category, uh, catalog, I should say. Sorry, not category, but they sung their entire catalog. And, you know, not just, you know, Queen, but it's it's so interesting. They 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 didn't, you know, just stick to one type of genre. They did everything. They did the Broadway musicals. They would do the R&B. They'll throw a little bit of rap in there. They'll have some little rock. They'll have country songs. But it made you appreciate all different types of, you know, music, all different types of people. But Glee was such a cultural phenomenon for many, many years. I know me personally, the first three seasons is, you know, I'll go back and rewatch that over and over again. You know, the the final three, you know, I, you know, I, I did watch it all the way to the end in real time. I, I you know, I stuck with it. It just wasn't the same only because you came to love the original, you know, um, Glee cast and they graduated after season three. So, you know, they brought in new kids and, you know, I did like the new kids as well, but it just wasn't the same because I was like, I'm missing Mercedes. I'm missing Santana. I'm missing, you know, um, you know, Blaine was still there, but I'm like, I'm missing Finn. And, you know, even Rachel, as annoying as she was, you know, I'm missing these people, you know. So it's, it's just crazy. Um, but for me, like I said, I wish that I had that opportunity. You know, when I left high school, um, I was deeply invested in church and a lot of my singing was through church. And, um, you know, I, I loved it. I was able to grow and all the stuff like that, you know, but I did audition for like music schools. I auditioned for Berkeley and, um, in uh, Boston, didn't get in, you know, that sort of crushed my spirits, but you know, it's, but I, I wanted to be around that surrounding of music and it's just, it's just interesting. Like I, I, I love, I, I just love what Glee meant to so many people. And, you know, you would see the comments online and say, you know, I was able to stand up to this person because of this show. I was able to reconnect with my mom because of this show. I was able to come out to my, you know, my family because of this show, I was able to overcome, you know, suicide, you know, suicidal thoughts because of this show, you know, so when you have, you know, a piece of art that represents the people that are watching it, it means so much. And I think that as a society and, you know, in Hollywood, you know, just, or just in general, sometimes we, we miss that. We, we lose sight of that. You know, when you always see the same thing, uh, on the, on the big screens, especially when you're not, you know, you're not represented. It's kind of like, you know, it's as great as the material is. It just gives you more of a sense of a pride when you're able to see yourselves on the screen. You know, I remember, um, when like, like when Moana came out and what that meant for, you know, the Polynesian people, you know, people in Hawaii and how authentic they wanted to make that story. And, you know, even like, uh, the rock was like, you know, I want to do justice to my people with this. And it was such a beautiful movie, such a, so rich in culture and the color palettes. And it's, it's not a mockery. It's, you know, it's a celebration of, you know, that culture, you know, and I, I think that it's nice when people get to see themselves represented the right way, you know? Um, so I, I like that. I like that. And I think that, you know, we need to, we need to show more diverse cast and like diverse cast for, you know, the right reasons, not just, Oh, 
we have our Asian person, we have our black person, we have we have our we have our woman, you know, in there. We we have our our gay role. You know what I mean? Not not for a checklist for when it's when it's right and when it's authentic you know what i mean if the story calls for an all-white cast then the story calls for an all-white cast you know what i mean but you know if the story can you know have a diverse cast let's throw a diverse cast in there like everyone deserves to have the right to you know be like represented and this is this is not you know an episode to to hate on you know you know, white movies or anything like that, you know, you know what I mean? But throughout history, you know, that's all we've had. We've, we've had plenty of movies and TV shows where the entire cast is, you know, white. Um, you know, even thinking back to some early, you know, TV shows, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, like actually (laughs) just in my head, you know, living single, you know, it's so funny how Living Single was the the blueprint for the show Friends. A lot of people don't know that. You know, Living Single came out a year before Friends. And they're both, if you actually think about it, it's the exact same story. Six friends living in, in, in the New York City, you know, going through life. And Living Single was there first. And um, there's a there's an interview on, on online where Queen Latifah talks about how, you know, Living Single, you know, was there. And then... I think the president or the, the main producer or some big executive at the time, you know, had said, you know, if I can if I can buy one show, it would be living single. And then the next year, Friends came out the exact same way, you know, and shout out to Friends. You know, it's, it's a great show, but it's just sort of like more people in the world know about Friends. Not a lot of people know about living single, you know, and you have you know, you have, you know, I actually just watched this video on YouTube about the rise and fall of the network UPN and how, you know, it sort of got integrated into what is now known as a CW. Um, but you had shows like one one and Moesha and you, you know, you had these shows, you know, the Fresh Prince, you know, even, you know, you know, the Cosby show, you know, obviously, you know, all the controversy around Bill Cosby himself. Now, you know, I'm not talking about that, but the show itself, you know, the Cosby show was, you know, it was groundbreaking for showing a successful black family, you know, with a mother and father still in the household with both respectable jobs. One was a doctor, one was a major lawyer, you know, with five kids. And it just talked about, you know, the, you know, growing up, you know, having five kids in the house and all the different stories and stuff like that. And I think back at that time, I wasn't alive when the show came out, but you know, uh, I was born in 1990, so I'm not that young. <laughs> oh, I'm still young, but you, you know what I'm trying to say. But anyways, you know, it was you had like this, you know, idea of, oh, there's no black fathers in the house or, you know, a black people can't be successful. So that was the idea. So here comes Bill Cosby saying, no, this is what a lot of black families look like in America today. You know, it's it was beautiful to see. And, you know, Claire Huxtable, you know, she you know, she, she is the mother of all of us. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you watch it and you can't help but realize like, dang, like I, I really was, you know, I was a part of this show. I was a part of this show and I can relate to so many different things in this show. And, uh, Felicia Richard, who plays Claire Huxtable, the fact that she's never won an Emmy, for her role is tragic. Um, she literally is, in my opinion, the best 
mother on network television, period. Um, but like, yeah, you have all these shows like, you know, Moesha one on one. Um, there's so many uh, Martin, you know, and it's, it's crazy how like you had all of these great shows and showed the black experience for the first time on a major network television. And the video that I saw on YouTube was crazy because it talked about how they use all these shows to, you know, to target black audiences and, you know, get them roped in. And then how over the course of years, they sort of like woven like these shows out and brought in like these other shows like, you know, Seventh Heaven, um, One Tree Hill, which I, I love One Tree Hill, but, you know, um, Supernatural, like and now like it's now the CW show. And thinking about CW, like there's black people on like various shows on there, but we don't have, well, black lightning, I think is the only, is the only one, the only black show, like all, you know, major black cast that's on that network right now. Um, but it's, it's just crazy to think about how, like, you know, once upon a time, you know, we had all these different types of shows that were out there for everyone. And then now all of a sudden you just have, you know, we're all looking at the same people, you know, we're. You know, I'll be the token, you know, black sidekick. So it's just crazy. It's really crazy how, you know, even in 2021, we're still having to beg for representation. You know, um, one major show that I wanted to leave uh, to talk about last. And I'm actually I'm so I'm so sad that this show is actually ending um, Pose. If you haven't seen Pose. Pose, okay, Pose is not for the faint of heart. Um, Pose is about the LGBTQ community um, in the ballroom scene, you know, in the 80s and early 90s. And it actually introduced me to that entire world because um, I, didn't, I didn't really know too much about it, you know, especially in the, in the, in the, uh, with the trans community. Um, and it, it humanized them. You know, it, it made them human because, you know, for the longest time, even still to this day, people don't really understand, you know, the trans community. And, you know, there's a lot of the like these different tropes and all the stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's crazy. But, you know, this show is so real and so authentic and so grounded and so rich in story. And, you know, even from the first episode with, you know, one of the main characters, you know, he gets thrown out of his house because, you know, his his dad finds out that he he likes boys and, you know, 16, 17 year old kid made him feel like a criminal, you know, threw him out of his own house. You know, he ended up on the street, you know, to only be found by, you know, you know, one of the other characters who, you know, becomes like a house mother and a house mother is someone who take care of, you know, people in those types of situations. But you get to learn about this rich culture. You learn about the history and um, poses. It's it's a phenomenon. It actually broke so many records because, you know, it's a it's a cast of, you know, trans black women, you know, and it's it's so crazy to think about, you know, and the, we're in season three. So I want to say maybe four years ago, three or four years ago is when it's like first aired. And, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't have the, the year in front of me, but I know you can watch the first two seasons on, on uh, Netflix. And uh, the third season will start on FX on as of May 2nd. But uh, it's so it's, it's one of those shows where you know it gripped me from the very beginning. You know, like I think 
for me personally, you know, when it comes to TV shows, movies, I try to give a little more lenience to just because it's like, okay, but you know, there are some movies that I've seen recently where I'm just like, yeah, I can't finish this. But, um, with TV shows, you know, I try to give it at least, you know, two episodes and I'm like, okay, if it, you know, I'll get past, you know, I'll watch the first two episodes. If it's, if I, I can't get on board, then, you know, I, I just can't do it. And I think because we have so many TV shows today that, um, you know, my mind is just like, I can just go watch something else, you know, but with Pose, it gripped me like the literally in the first like five minutes, like I was watching it and I was just like, wait, what are they doing? What's going on? And like, you know, everything like that, because it's the 80s, you know, they have the 80s style music, the 80s style clothing, you know, this whole thing. And then it just goes into this whole ballroom, you know, they, they call it a ball, you know, and it's like, you know, they, they walk and you know, they have dances and they compete for trophies and stuff. And I was like, this is so fascinating. And I, I just dove right in. And uh, when I started watching the show, it was, I want to say it was already in season two. Yeah, I started watching it already in season two. Um, but I started from the beginning because I know it's season two was already on television, but I didn't want to like start it like in the in the middle like that. I wanted to go back. So I watched it from the beginning. And um, I was gripped, you know, I, I think I watched the entire first season on, on Netflix and then I bought it because it was so they had a, a sale for it on iTunes. I bought it for like maybe 10 or 15 bucks the entire first season. And then um, the second season, I think I started watching it on Hulu and got caught up and then I finished, you know, the series. Uh, sorry, well, that that season on time with it being released live. And then I just went and bought the the entire second season because they had a sale on that one too and i was like okay yeah this is easily one of my favorite shows of all time um but yeah the third season will air may 2nd on fx and um you know i'm definitely gonna be watching it and i'm probably gonna dedicate an episode talking about you know that show just breaking it down but why does a show like pose matter because of representation you know there's a lot of black and brown you know kids out there or even just adults in general, you know, within the LGBTQ community who don't see themselves in that type of light, who they went through the exact same situation. They were thrown out of their house. They were cast away by their parents. You know, they lived on the street. They had to fight, you know, to survive and to see themselves represented on TV in a beautiful way that matters, you know, that, that matters to those people that can give them a sense of hope and, you know, courage to keep going and, you know, not give up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think that, you know, there's, there's even stuff coming up with like, like, for example, like they're working on a little mermaid movie right now, a live action, little mermaid movie. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, some people love the, the live action, some people hate them, but regardless, you know, they, they race bent Ariel. And I know it was a huge, uh, controversial thing, because uh, oh you know like this and that but it's just like you know first of all you know ariel is she's a mermaid (laughs) you know what i mean there's there's no cultural representation um that you know like for example um like like cinderella or even bell came from specific parts of specific countries where you know you know they were white so that makes sense you know and it's, it's a sense of pride for them so I, I totally get that. So make that right. But, you know, Ariel's, you know, she's she's a mermaid. She could be any color. But I think just just because, you know, of that, now we get to have little 
little black and brown girls can look up and say, oh, she looks just like me. You know, there's a video online that um, when Beyonce put out, you know, Black is King, um, this little girl was watching it. And, you know, I guess her parents was recording her and she was in tears and she was saying, it looks so beautiful. And, you know, they're so beautiful. And, you know, it, she was in tears because she saw herself on screen. And it's, uh, if I, if I think about it too much, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get emotional, but it's just, it's interesting how, you know, people don't realize that representation matters. And I think that one thing that we all have to realize when we're watching these movies and when we're watching these TV shows is, you know, this may touch someone differently than it touches me. You know, this may be so, this may be important for someone. So let's celebrate that. Let's, you know, let's, let's cherish the fact that the people out there are different. You know, they, you know, not everyone's the same. If everyone was the exact same person, you know, the world would be a boring place. You know, some of the best food come from different cultures. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I love California. Do not get me wrong. I love California. Like, you know, I, I moved over here, you know, almost seven years ago. And, you know, I love it. I don't want to go back to Florida. However, comma, one thing I miss from Florida is their Caribbean food. Like, I, every single time I go back home to visit my friends and family, one of the places I usually stop first is a Jamaican restaurant. I need my curry gold. I need my rice and peas. I need my cabbage. I need my plantain, my, my, plant, my plantains, you know, you know, I, you know, my jerk chicken, you know, my curry chicken. I need my, my beef patties, you know, so I, I miss that. I, I miss that. You know, I miss my Haitian food. I'm, you know, my Puerto Rican food, you know, you know, I love my, my Mexican food over here. I love my, you know, my street tacos, my, my quesadillas, my empanadas, you know what I mean? But this, you know, the, the, the arroz con pollo, you know, you know, Puerto Rican arroz con pollo, you know, hits different, you know, it's, but it's, it's all flavor. It's all like from cultures, you know, different people make, you know, different things. It's funny, like Jamaicans and, you know, Puerto Ricans and, you know, many, you know, people would make like, um, plantains but they all make it different which you know i love it all <laughs> you know like you know it's they they all prepare it and it's differently and it's you know the the sim the food is similar like but but the preparation is different you know but imagine if everyone was the same you know imagine if everyone in the world was the exact same so you know the world would be a boring bland place so i i think representation matters um you know so we need to stop the stop the asian hate you know black lives do matter and I think we need, we need to remember that when we when we talk to people and when we when we look at certain properties and when we look at like things like that, because, you know, I was having a conversation with like, you know, uh, one of my friends who, who was white and, you know, we were just talking about how like, you know, it's just and we were talking about superhero movies. It was, he was just talking about he was like, you know, Black Panther was, you know, it was, it was OK. And I was like, it's one it's my one is my favorite Marvel movie to date. You know, it's my favorite and it's, you know, I have a sense of pride when I, you know, he, you know, with watching it, he was like, why is it, you know, why is it your favorite? Why is it more than this? And I said, you know, those other movies are great too. And I, you know, I love the Avengers movies, you know, you know, Infinity War and Endgame is number two, but Black Panther is number one just because, you know, for so many years, you know, I'm rooting for people who don't look like me, you know, and I think for, for him, you know, he got the realization that he always seen himself on screen. So like to him, it was just a normal thing. So it doesn't, it didn't really make that big of a difference. But for me, this is the first time I got to see myself, 
you know, on the major screens, you know, in a major way. And I was like, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. You know, there's a, there's a sense of, you know, oh my gosh, like this, this is beautiful. And this is not, you're not making fun of it. You know, it's not showing like the ugly side, you know, it's showing, you know, rich Kings and Queens and warriors, you know, with beautiful melanin, brown and black skin, you know, it's, you know, it was a sense of like, wow, like this is my people. And I, I think after our conversation, he, he got it a little bit more, but it was, it was interesting, but you know, representation matters. And, you know, one thing that I, I like to do is, you know, I like to, you know, I watch my comic book stuff and I watch my action stuff and I watch all this stuff, but I like to go dive into cultural movies too. You know, I, you know, I remember when I was in 10th grade, um, actually going into 10th grade, uh, cause I was, uh, I took summer school every single year just so I could try to get ahead. And, you know, if I failed anything, I had to take it again, but you know, I took world history in between ninth and 10th grade in the summer and my teacher, you know, was she was a Muslim uh, lady, but she was a, she was a black lady who converted to Muslim because of her husband. And, um, we watch, you know, Bollywood movies. We watch, you know, you know, Chinese movies. And she would talk about the cultural, you know, representation and the significance of these movies. And I, you know, those movies were great. And I was like, I've never heard of, you know, one was raised the red lantern. It's, uh, if you, if you know the movie memoirs of a geisha, this is like the, the truest authentic version of that. Um, and you know, we watch, you know, you know, Bollywood Indian movies and, you know, for someone who loves musicals, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of music in it and in the stories are great. And it's actually crazy how like the stories are universal, like just because it's in a different language and stuff like that. But the, the root of the story is very different. I think that if people realize that, you know, yeah, on the outside, we all look different, but the inside, you know, we, we're the same. I think we can celebrate different cultures because, you know, you're, you are my brother and, you know, you may look different from me, but we all, we're all humans. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about some things, uh, with, uh, representation and, uh, um, I'm excited for the changes that are happening. We have a long way to go though. We, you know, we have a long way to go in society and with trying to give everyone the fair chance of being represented. So, um, if you've watched any of the things that I mentioned today, you know, pose is on, net, um, it is on Netflix, but it comes on FX. It's a Ryan Murphy show. Um, surprisingly Ryan Murphy actually did pose and glee. His mind is so brilliant. He, he does different things. And I, I could go, I could do a whole podcast just talking about all the different types of Ryan Murphy shows, but Ryan Murphy, you know, created both pose and glee. And then you have Moonlight and Black Panther. So have you seen all of these? If you haven't, I definitely recommend these to you um, to watch and let me know what you think about these. And uh, thank you all again for joining me on this podcast. Please be sure to check out my Instagram page at the movie bugle um, where you'll find, you know, movie news, you know, anything that I decide to post on there about movies. And I will see you all next Monday with another episode. You have a good one.